You're the children of Hashem. What does it mean that we're the children of Hashem? If it simply meant that Hashem created us and that's where we are the creations of Hashem, then if that's the case, it would apply to every living thing, every inanimate thing. The entire world was created by Hashem. And therefore, if Klai Yisrael are given a distinction that we are called Banim Lamakim, and the understanding is to the exclusion of the rest of the nations of the world that are not called Banim Lamakim, then it doesn't apply to the fact that Hashem made us, because Hashem made everything. And if that's the case, we must look to see what other advantages, what other levels Midas, Klai Yisrael has, which entitles us to the praise that we call the Banim Namaka. But let's look at a very interesting Gemara, the Kedush and the Plamid Vav, which discusses the Machlekes Tanayim revolving around this Pasuk. And the Gemara there says, Lekedetanya, Banim Atem Lashem and the Gemara says, "Bizman shatem banim, atem banim." At a time when you're acting the way sons act, then you call sons. banim, but if you're not acting the way sons act, then einatem banim, then you're no longer called banim. That's the first opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. The opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Meir Aimer. Rabbi Meir disagrees. And he says, Whether you are acting as sons or whether you're not acting as sons, nevertheless you're called sons. And the Gemara brings a number of sukkim. It seems to prove Rabbi Meir's opinion. They're called sons who are foolish. This is a Pasuk in Yermiyahu. And in the second pasuk, children who aren't reliable. It's a pasuk in the Torah. Children who are destructive. We had this in the Chazan Yeshaya in the Haftarah of Shabbos Chazan. Tais are called sons who are destructive. So yes, there might be sons who are foolish, sons who are not reliable, sons who are destructive. And in the last pasuk, v'oimer, v'haya b'makom ashayoimer lahem, layamiyatem. This is the nevo of Yeshaya talking about the future when we're going to be redeemed. And Yeshaya says, in place of us being called layamiyatem, the one who, the ones who are not Hashem's people, yeomer lahem bnei kelchay. They will be said about them that they're the children of the living God. That's the brisa. And I have two questions on this question. The first question, the Gemara brings an argument between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda. And the Mashmal says that Rabbi Huda states his opinion. He doesn't bring any proofs for it. Rabbi Meir states his opinion and the Gemara brings four different psukim. 
So the question is, how does Rabbi Yudah explain these Pesukim? The other question is, if we would ask, what's the more simple explanation? Who needs to prove themselves? We would say the Chayra, Rabbi May is more straightforward. A definition of a son is a title which can't be taken away from a child. It's not like a marriage, which is a connection which can be created and can be dissolved. The definition of a son is that he's always a son. And therefore, the fact that we call Banim Lashem and we'll always be Banim Lashem seems to be the Pashtus. If that's the case, what really needs explanation is Rabbi Yudah's opinion. How can it be that Klal Yisrael can lose the status as Banim? And therefore, if you look closely, the language that Rabbi Yudah uses is not that bizman that you're doing what Hashem wants you to do, or bizman that you're tzaddikim. The language he uses is bizman she'atem neyagim minag banim. At times when you're acting like children, then you call children. And at times when Kaisha are not acting like children, then they aren't given the, children, the title of children. But how does he explain all the psukim that Rabbi Meir brought? So first we have to understand what it means to act like a child. What's the definition of Bonim which gives us the title of being Bonim Namaka? And what way can we lose or potentially lose that title? What defines a band? So we're going to see that there are four different explanations, understandings of the concept of being a son. The first one is the fact that the father can teach and the son is there to learn on an intellectual level. Teaching is from a father to a son. And so much so that Rashi tells us from Chazal, a teacher is called a father. Students are called children. Because the first, what first defines the relationship of father to son, that's the ideal relationship. The father is the one who can teach. And in that context, the son is able to learn. In that sense, when we say, Banim Atem Hashem then we act as Banim by being students of Hashem. V'chol banayich limudai Hashem. All your sons are students of Hashem. That's the highest level of Banim. But what about when Klai Yisrael aren't acting like Bonim? So that's the first possible that we may have brings. Bonim Shalim Heimah. They aren't clever children. They aren't Chachamim. 
We're learning from the from, from Hashem, from their father. They're foolish children who don't want to learn. And therefore, if that's the case, they're not acting as bonim or meant to act on the first definition of a bank. The definition of the son is a student. And nevertheless, they're called bonim, foolish children, but they're called bonim. There's a second definition of a bank. Maybe not the ideal son. There's a vote of Talmud on his father. A son even who can do things wrong. But he's still loyal to his father. They might make mistakes, but there's still a certain loyalty. Family can be trusted. And therefore a Ben is Nehman. A Ben is reliable. And when necessary he'll come to, so to speak, to his father's side. As the Gemara says, Israel, Yisrael, Klai Yisrael can make mistakes, do things wrong, but it doesn't take away our status as being Klai Yisrael. It doesn't define us by the fact that we aren't always doing what we meant to do, because on some level, deep down, we're still loyal. Just like a son, we might have strayed, but nevertheless, there's still that loyalty. The Bible says, Shivu Bonim Shevavim. Sons have become wayward. But shivel, they can still come back. That's also a definition of a man. And on that, we still deserve the title Ben. A son of Hashem that he's still loyal. Still have a man. But here too, there can be the case of Kaishal which aren't nergim minak bonim. They're not acting like sons. And that's the second pasuk. Bonim loy aimun bon. Sons are not reliable. It's not just that they're not doing what they're meant to do, they aren't even reliable. They can't be expected, so to speak, to be loyal. And still, they're called bonim, they haven't, even if they aren't reliable, and they're not acting the way sons are meant to act, nevertheless, they're still bonim. By the way, this answers the question I saw the Mepashim ask, why the first Pasuk brought is from the Navi, and only the second Pasuk is brought from the Torah. Because this is the second level of a bet. But, there's still another form of relationship between a father and a son. And that is, maybe they're not doing what they're meant to do, but the father's responsibility is to discipline his son. Shema b'ni Musa ravicha, yasor bincha v'yanichecha. One of the responsibilities of the father is to discipline his son and redirect him to the way he's meant to go. The father cares about where his son is holding, and therefore he's the one who's most interested in helping to guide, to correct, to direct him. And the son, from his point of view, is somebody who's willing to be chastised, who's willing to be corrected. And in that capacity, we sons of Hashem as well. 
The one Hashem loves, he rebukes. Like a father repeases his child. And therefore, one could still justify our being called Bonim of Hashem in the sense that our Kaddish Baruch is the one to give us Musa. Hashem is the one to direct us. To chastise us if necessary. But what happens when Christ are no longer able to accept Musa? And why is that? For most of various, a person does something wrong, but if he gets punished for that, and he sees clearly why he was wrong and why he's being punished, there's a hope, there's a potential that he'll do to He can still be called a Ben. Maybe a wayward son, but a son who can still be brought back. But there's one of Avera, which doesn't help for Hashem to give mercy. And that's Avera of Avodizara. Because the way Hashem gives Musa is He sends punishments, He sends warnings, He sends affliction, and the person has to understand this is coming from Hashem. And then the corollary to that is a lesson that's being taught to me. But if a person is holding by accepting Avodizara, they can see the punishment and not recognize this is coming from Hashem. Like the Apostlech says, Hashem said, I struck you for nothing. I punished you and it was in vain because you never took the lesson. Because if a person attributes what happens to Avodazara, or to Teva, or to Chance, and they don't recognize that Al-Kaddish Baruch is showing them a lesson, then the Musa is falling on deaf ears. And if that's the case, then in that area too, a person isn't acting like a son. And that's the third puzzle which is brought. Bonim mashkisim, destructive sons. And that the Gemara says, they're called mashkisim, kipolchul avodas kechotim. When they're serving idols, they no longer have a will in Hashem. They're called mashkisim. They're destructive because they're going to continue being destructive. And it's not going to help to give them muscle. That's the third level. And at that stage, we still see that they might be mashkhisim, but they're still called bonin mashkhisim. And what's the fourth type of son? One who is like bringing no nachas to his parents by learning from them, who isn't loyal to his parents, who isn't even a place to get rebuked by his parents. But there's still a fourth type of son. And that is the fact, just like in a physical sense, that biologically he's a continuation of his parents. And if you're going to talk about that in the context of Kal Yisrael, what defines us as being intrinsically connected to Hashem, That's the neshama which a Jewish person has. Because that's something which is called like a, a bas melech. A tkila, a child of a Kodesh Baruch. It's something ruchni in its nature. Which is installed in every Jewish person. By a Kodesh Baruch. And that's something. Which 
entitles a person to the status of being a Banim Nashem You have within you a Holy Nasham. Something which is intrinsically connected to Hashem. And now, having discussed the four types of definitions that can be for a bed. The ideal Ben is the one who is a student, the one who is willing to learn from his father. If that's not the case, at least one is loyal to his father. If that's not the case, at least one is the father can still correct. And if that's not the case, at the very least, is the fact that there is some intrinsic, so to speak, connection between the father and the son. And now is the question, which I understand is the makhlaikas between Aliyah and Alimeh. Can that also get lost? Can that also get lost? In other words, if all we have is at least the definition that we bind him of Hashem because we have a Neshama, is that something, a status which we'll always have or can we lose that as well? And this is the Mahlaikas between Rabbi and Rabbi Meir. Not whether the Klai Yisrael are called Bani. That's impossible. Bani Matem Hashem Lekeich and the Torah doesn't change. But what Rabbi Yudha says is, Buzman Sha'inatem Nayagim Minag Bani. You're not acting in any way as a child. Then you can lose the status of being a child. And therefore, on the first three psukim, it's not just a raya, not like Rabbi Yehuda. Clients are called Bonim Scholim when they aren't acting as children who are learning from Hashem. That's not the only definition of a day. It could still be reliable. Rabbi Meir shows that there's a possible Bonim the Amun Bon. And even if they're no longer reliable, they're still called Bonim. It's no longer a raya. It's not even, that's not a full raya yet. Because it could be that they can be rebuked. It could be that Musa will help bring them back again. Rabbi Meir shows a third possible. And even Banyan Mashkhisim, who is serving of a desire and therefore there is no hope that they'll see the Musa of Hashem, are still called Banyan. But there's no riot because they still have a Nisham. And what would the question be? Is it possible for someone to lose their Nisham? And if that's the case, they've lost every single definition of a bad letter. And this is the Makhlaikas. Because we see in the Torah, there is the potential of a person losing their Nisham. This is something called Kares. And like the Nefesh Chaim explains to us, Kares means that a person's sense of self, his Ruach, his identity, gets detached from his Nisham. The Nisham is Kodesh, it stands with the Kodesh Baruch Hu, so to speak, connected to Hashem. And the person gets severed from that. And if that's the case, if a person is holding after having been given Paris, then at that stage, Rabbi Yudha can understand, then none of the definitions of a brand apply to them. Anatom Kuribani. And that's the Matthias. There is a concept called Paris. There is the Eilish. 
So if that's the case, what does Rabbi Meir disagree with? And I want to say, suggest that this is Rabbi Meir's Shetasa. The Gemara in Chagiga tells us a story about Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir was a student of Elisha ben Avoyo, otherwise known as Achim. Achim who began as a Tana, a contemporary Rabbi Akiva, and for whatever reason, he strayed from the path and was over in all kinds of avarice until eventually Achim was five cars. And a pastor came out of Shemayim and said, everyone can be Cheva except for Achim. And Achim didn't do Cheva. But after he died, Nechara, Bin Fanadadi, Someone is high of chorus, never the chiva for that, so there's no ilama Somebody has detached himself completely. But after Akhid dies, his Talmud Rabbi Meir comes along and says, I'm going to make sure that there will be a tikkun for Akhid. I'm going to ensure that Akhid is not going to get permanently separated from his neshama. On the contrary, I'm going to ensure that he gets punished for the virus and that there can be a ticket for Akhir also. And that's what Rabbi Meir did. The Gemara says after Rabbi Meir died, they saw smoke rising from the camera of Akhir. It seemed that he was being punished, but that means that there would be some eventual rectification for Akhir too. And that's the Yisoda Rabbi Meir. That even if a person isn't Noyag Minag Bonim on any level, even if he's lost even the definition of a Ben at the very minimum stage that he has in the Shama, his last is the Shama too. It doesn't mean that he's no longer a bit. Because it's possible even after Kores for a person's Neshama to be restored. That Rabbi Meir himself proved in the story of Achim. And therefore in this last level he says, Benkach or Benkach, Kareem Banim. It doesn't mean that it's not difficult for a person to rectify the mistake he's made. And if a person's been over chorus, to be able to reconnect to his neshama. But it's possible. And therefore it's still called a ban. Because it's always possible to reconnect to his neshama. And what's the right from the last passage? This passage is from the Nebuah of Hashayah. And Hashayah foretells Hashem's anger at the Jewish people. And therefore, he gives him certain titles to show Hashem's displeasure. They called Loy Ami, not my people. They called Loy Ruchama, the ones who won't be shown mercy. But then afterwards, when the Gola comes, Hashem says he's going to reverse these negative epithets, these negative titles he's given to the Jewish people. And each one he gives the opposite. They'll be called Ami. They, all, they will be referred to again as my people. Hashem will again show mercy to the ones who are called Lairuchama, they don't deserve mercy. And if that's the case, in the Pasuk, which the Gemara quotes by us, 
that in the future Klaish will, will be called Bnei Kel Chai. They'll be called the children of the living God. About which the Gemara says in Kedushin that they will be restored, so to speak, to be called Bani Ma'ayat, to be called good children, upstanding, righteous children. So what would the what should the opposite have been? If in the time of Geula they're called Bnei Kel Chai, then in the time of the punishment, what negative title should have been given? If in every case it's meant to be the opposite, then Lechara, the title that should have been given was Loibanai, not my sons. And you see, that's not what the Pasuk says. They're called Loi not my people. And here's Rabbi Meir's Raya. Why here doesn't the Pasuk use the opposite like in every other case? If the future is going to be that they're going to be called Bnei Kelchai, then in the punishment they should be called Loibanai, not my sons. And that's not the case. Klaishal never called Loibanai. Says Rabbi Meir, I have from here a raya that there's never a possibility of Klaishal being called not Banai. They can be called not my people. They can be called not deserving of mercy, Loiruchama. But they'll never be called Loibanai. Even if they get to the stage where they aren't noyag minag bonim, none of the titles of Ben, so to speak, apply to them, they're still not called Loibanai. Says the Gemara, because they can once again become Bani Ma'ayah. They don't lose the title of Bonim because it's something that they can always regain. Even if a person's chayav karis or worse, it's always possible for him to work to get back the status of being considered Bonim Lashem here on this last point is Rabbi Meir's Raya. That even the Klai Yisrael who sunk to the level where none of the four definitions of Ben apply to them are nevertheless not called Loi Banai. The Rashba in Chivas writes that although normally when we have a machlokas between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda the Allah is like Rabbi Yehuda in this particular case he writes the Allah is like Rabbi Meir. Klai Israel is still called Banai. Let's understand this point a little better. A little deeper perhaps. We spoke about four kinds of sons. Let's look at David Amalekh. David Amalekh had many sons. Let's talk about four of the sons that the Novi tells us their story. And see how they fit into these four categories. The first one, David had a son called Kilav, who the Gemara tells us was the biggest Tamil Chacham there was. His knowledge put everybody else to shame. And what does David say about his son Kilav? He says, Chacham b'ni v'samach libi. If my son is a Chacham, it makes my heart happy. That's the ideal son. The son who learns from his father. Who is guided by his father. Who brings pride to his father. That's the first son. There's a second son. A son who can do things wrong. But nevertheless isn't a rebel. He's still loyal. 
that's the second son David had. That was Amnon. As the Pasuk tells us, Amnon did make big mistakes. But he never w- went against his father David. So he was the second kind of son. Maybe not the pride of his father, but at least reliable to his father. And then we have a third son. Interestingly enough, Shlomo Melech. And look at the Pasuk. When David is foretold by Nasana Novi that Shlomo Melech is going to be the king of following him. And it says about him, Hu Yedi Leben, Vani Hashem says, He'll be like my son and I'll be like his father. And when he does wrong, I'm going to rebuke him. Is the sign in the stance that if he makes mistakes, I'm going to punish him, I'm going to rebuke him. That's the third kind of sign. A son who might make mistakes, but nevertheless he's able to accept his father's rebuke, his father's direction. And the last sign, is a son who's the rebel. He doesn't accept his father. Definitely isn't going to accept Musa from him. Openly rebels against him. That was Avshalom. Not in the amounts of rebellion against David, he even fought a war to try and kill his own father. Definitely not a son who learned from his father. Definitely not a son who was loyal to his father, was willing to accept Musa from his father. But nevertheless, when Avshalom got killed, the Pazak says David goes up in the, above the wall of the city he was in. He went and he was crying. Bini Avshalom. Bini, bini Avshalom, bini, bini. My son, my son, my son, Avshalom, my son, my son. Seven times Bani. Seven times he says the word my son. Why? Because even Avshalom is still a son. On the very lowest level, he's still a son of David, without any of the other minors of a son. And Chazal said that's a tremendous idea. Really, Avshalom was high of course, for a number of reasons. But David's tefillah was, it should be brought back from the lowest level of Gehinnom and be able to enter some level of Ganeidim. The Hadri Davinet. By saying seven times, Bini, 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 Bini. He's still a son. And that's the son of Rabbi Meir. Even the son who's gone so far that they've high of chorus. And they have severed their connection altogether with Ruchnius. They can still be called Bini. Because they can still be brought back. Rabbi say, for those of you listening to this, let me remind you of a phrase we say. Keneged Arba Banim Dibra Torah. The Torah talks about four kinds of sons. Here we have them. And in order. The first son is the Chacham. The Chacham, the son who can be taught. The son is willing to learn from his father. And we say, tell him everything. Teach him. The son who wants to learn, teach him as much as he's able to learn. That's the son is the pride of his father. And if not that, 
And we have a second son. He's called the Tam. Maybe he's not able to learn as much, understand as much. But Tam is from Russian Tamim. Tamim Tiyam Hashem He's loyal. He's loyal to his father. That's also a sign. And if not, we have a Russia. A Russia who has done things wrong. But a Russia can still be given Musa and it's going to help him. Like the Baragoda says about the Russia, Hakayashinov. If you give him Musa, it's going to make a difference. That's a third kind of sign. And if nothing you say is, is if that even that's too little. There's a remedy here. The word Sha'ol is also the lowest level of Hina. Somebody who's lost his connection altogether, but he's also a Ben. Because he can also be reconnected. And therefore, what the Gemara teaches us in Kiddushin, is that is when a person's noyeg minag bonim, he acts like a son. He still deserves the title of bonim lemakom. The question only becomes when a person doesn't act like a son in any level, then is he still called a ben or not? Rabbi Yehuda holds if a person doesn't fulfill any of the four categories of a ben, then he can lose his title of being a ben. Rabbi Meir argues. Even if he's none of the four definitions of Ben apply to him, but they can be regained. And therefore he doesn't lose his title. Let me finish with a beautiful idea. The Pasuk in the Torah said, You're children of Hashem and therefore, and therefore, don't pierce your flesh, don't tear your skin, don't pull out your hair after every dead person. What's the connection? Between the fact that we children of Hashem and the instruction not to define, deface our bodies over a mess. If you look at the Mephoshim, you'll see four different explanations of what the connection between the beginning and the end of the Pasuk is. Rashi says, and therefore a certain pride, a certain self-respect to being a son of Hashem. You can't be seen in an unsightly way. And therefore for a person to rip his skin, to pull out his hair, makes him look unbecoming as somebody who is a Ben Melech. The Svarna says, And therefore, since you have a connection which is so much closer than your connection to the person who died, so a show of excessive grief is wrong. It makes it sound like that's the worst thing that could happen. And it's not. You still have a cash to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, That's something which is better. He says, Amashat, if a person loses their closest relative, their best friend, then maybe they're inconsolable. But if they lose their more distant relative, or their second closest friend, there's what to menachem them. And that is, your relationship with Hashem is still here. That's closer than anything else. 
the third opinion is Eben Ezra. And he writes, with the children of Hashem. And therefore, excessive grief is wrong. Because if Hashem does something, even if it's a punishment, and let's remember, it's the rebuke of a father. Hashem is doing what's good for us. To be mourned is okay. To cry is submitted. But more excessive than that makes it look like we think Ke'ilu Hashem did something bad to us. And now the opinion of the Ramban in Arachayim. And they say, Bani matem l'ashem You have a Kodesh Neshama. Death isn't finality. By a non-Jew who dies, by an animal who dies. So there's nothing beyond that. It's the end. But if a person has neshama, there's continuation. They have they might have left this world, but it's not the end of them. They haven't disappeared. And therefore to mourn in a sense of something which is irretrievably lost is wrong. You bond him Hashem, you have a neshama. And if you think about it for a second, Raboisa, you'll see that these four explanations of the Rishonim match up perfectly to the four explanations we gave of what a Ben is. The Ben is the Chacham, who's the pride of his father. The near the Pshat of Rashi. Act in a way which shows the pride you give to your father. Don't defile yourself, which isn't a fitting, which isn't becoming for a Ben Melech. And the second part of a Ben, and that is, he has his, the connection, the reliability to his father. And then we have the chat of the Sfarna. And that is, it's true one's lost a relative, but that's not his closest relative. And therefore, the grief shouldn't be excessive. He still has a relative who's that much closer to him. He still has his connection to Hashem. And on the third level, that the function of a father is to discipline, to rebuke. So we have the Ebenezer. Ezra. And the Ebenezer Ezra says, It's true, one's been punished and they've lost a relative, but remember, it's coming from Hashem. It's the Muslim of a father who loves his son and therefore is doing what's good for him and not what's bad for him. And lastly, we have the Pshat of the Ramban. We have an Hashem And therefore, death isn't finality. Then the Hashem continues to exist. And that's the fourth definition of a Ben. The fact that he has a neshama. And therefore, yes, you pass my Rabbi Meir. We can't lose our status as Bonim. We'll always be Bonim of Hashem. What we can do is upgrade our status as Bonim. We can be the ideal Bonim. The Bonim which have a whole Hashem. The Bonim which give pride to Hashem. The Bani who learn from Hashem and are faithful to Him. And then the Kala Deus, we deserve the title and the praise of being Bani Matem Hashem and